As they prepared the former x-ray room of the abandoned hospital for the upcoming Halloween season, the owners of the old hospital on College Hill in West Virginia paused when the large, lead-lined door entering the room slowly started to close. It has to be a volunteer, one of the owners said to the other as he walked over to the door, moved it back, and pointed his flashlight behind it. But he found no one there. The large doors, which cannot move on their own because of their weight and the thick carpet below, slowly started closing again. The pair agreed it was time to leave the room, allowing the heavy door to close itself. The next day, when they returned, it stood wide open, even though no one else had been on the property. I'm Steve Blanchard. Welcome to Phantom History. The hospital on Old College Hill overlooks the city of Williamson, West Virginia, and has been a part of the community since it opened its doors in 1928. It was built by two doctors who wanted to create a fully functional acute hospital for the people of West Virginia and Kentucky at a time when coal mining and railroads were the main economic drivers of the era. Tanya Webb, one of the owners who reopened the hospital in 2021 as a tourist attraction and location for paranormal investigations, shares the humble beginnings of the hospital. Dr. Conley and Dr. Salton are the two uh, main people that I have to give shout outs for, even though they're no, no longer with us. Um, we have their pictures hanging up in the uh, hospital just to kind of pay homage to them because without their smart thinking back in the 20s, um, that hospital wouldn't be here today. But um, the actual hospital opened in March of 1928 and it served as a fully functioning acute hospital that had around 76 beds at one time, emergency, uh, everything that you can think of was in that hospital. A state-of-the-art facility. Um, we have some of the uh, newspaper articles dating back to where when it was open and how much it cost. When we do our historic tours, we always like to tell people about that because people are kind of shocked over how much it cost to build that hospital back in 1928. Um, so these two gentlemen really had... Um, great minds and just really knew what they wanted and they actually met I was doing some research on both of them they met in 1914 and started practicing together so they they worked together for a long period of time and then Dr. Conley ended up selling his shares to Dr. Salton and the Salton family kind of became a pillar of the community in the Williamson area uh, they're buried here his son went on to be a doctor there as well and even the newer hospital that was built in 88 Thankfully, they did not, they didn't tear it down. They turned it into um, a clinic, basically. We have a lot of coal miners in our area because we are in West Virginia. You know, a lot of people worked here, they would visit here, they'd pass through here. So the hospital played a big factor in that. So that's one of the reasons why it was so huge. But they built that hospital um, in 20, it opened in 28 and it stayed as a hospital until 88. And then they built a newer one, more, you know, high tech. And the clinic stayed open from 88 to 2014. And then it closed for good in 2014 and they just used it for storage. Tanya grew up near Williamson and has a special relationship with the hospital. She said she's always been fascinated with the building, even as a child. It could be because she has such love of history or it's because she was born there. 
my life began in that hospital. And then to make it even more personal for me, I had two grandparents that passed away before I was born in that hospital. So part of my family history is in that hospital. I remember it being there, but I wasn't real involved with it because I was born in West Virginia, but I was raised on the Kentucky side. But I can tell you, I've always been fascinated with both of the buildings. I was always, if it makes sense to say this, kind of drawn to that hospital and the nurses college. I was always fascinated with it. There was just something about that building and the way that it looked and it fascinated me. And I never really understood why until the opportunity presented itself to buy it. But um, I ended up quitting my full-time job. I, I worked for the state of West Virginia for 23 years and uh, because I fell in love with it so much and I fell in love with all the people that were coming in there. Um, everybody's just been so great and so nice to work with that I just, I wanted to focus on it full time and uh, give it the attention it deserved because it had been neglected for quite a while. The old hospital on College Hill is not the original name of the building, but when the new Williamson Hospital opened its doors in 1988, the old hospital didn't close down immediately. It served as office space for physicians until 2016, and then it was used for storage. In 2018, paranormal tours began, which makes sense according to Tanya. The building is incredibly haunted throughout. I've always thought I was kind of brave until I purchased that hospital. Um, and now, you know, I have moments where I don't think I am so brave. Probably within the first, I'm gonna say three months, we had a team that had checked out and I was just kind of walking around, making sure they hadn't left anything behind and making sure everything was okay. And I was on the second floor, which is where their base camp is too, because we have a little bit of electricity in the hospital. So I was walking the hallways and um, I was walking the longer hallway and I walked past this door and just as plain as day, there was a male's voice that just said, hey, and it stopped me in my track because I was just like, I just froze. I really didn't know what to do. I was still new to the game. And my first thought, my first instinct was, oh, the group's still here because there were two men in that group. So I pulled out my phone and I start texting with them. And I said, hey, are y'all still in the building? Are you, are you still investigating? And they said, no, Tanya, we left about an hour ago, but we need to let you know, as we were packing up our stuff, we kept hearing a male's voice on the second floor. Because at the time she was so new to the world of the paranormal, Tanya said that she was convinced that an intruder had broken into the hospital. However, after an extensive search, she said she confirmed that the building was empty and that she was there alone. Later, she says, she realized that she heard the voice of the man around 8.15 a.m., which would have likely been a very busy part of the day when the hospital was up and running. In my brain, I'm expecting this stuff to happen at two and three o'clock in the morning. But, you know, I started thinking, it's like, Tanya, come on, it's 8.15 in the morning. To me, hospitals were probably more active during the morning because, you know, doctors were making the rounds, nurses were probably doing shift change. So I don't know if he thought I was a nurse or if it was a doctor who thought I was a patient, but it was a male's voice that was plain as day and it wasn't evil, it wasn't mean. It was almost like he was just trying to get my attention and he just wanted to talk and I blew it. Unfortunately, I blew it. While the male voice Tanya heard could be a former patient or even a doctor, there are many other entities she believes roams its halls. 
Old College Hill itself was home to one of West Virginia's first nursing colleges. In fact, that's why the site is called Old College Hill. Visitors to the hospital often share their own stories of paranormal encounters during their time there, whether they were patients or former employees. One story in particular stands out most to Tanya. It was active even when people were working there. Some of the people that were working there as late as the 80s, um, they will share stories with us of stuff that went on while they were there. Some of the patients that were there, um, one in particular, I can tell you off the top of my head, and, and she comments on our Facebook page all the time about it, was a, a lady that lives here in Williamson. And she was giving birth, I think, to her second or third child. And um, she said while she was there giving birth, you know, she, she was in labor and she was in the room. And she said a nurse came into the room and told her, you know, honey, you, you haven't dilated far enough. You're not ready quite yet to give birth. So we're going to go ahead and discharge you and um, we'll keep check on you. You know, you just need to, if it gets any worse, come back. So she believed the nurse and she starts packing up her stuff to leave. And as she's walking out the door, she has to pass the nurse's station to get to the main door. The, there was a nurse at the nurse's station and she stopped her and said, where are you going? And um, the lady said, well, that nurse back there told me that it's not my time yet. I still have a few more days and, you know, to keep checking back. And if it gets better, you know, to come to come back. And she said, honey, there's nobody else here. I'm the only nurse working tonight. So that lady shares that story today. She is very adamant. Um, she believes it. And even when she stayed there, had her child, she said that nurse continued to appear several times while she was there. Yet it's not just stories from paranormal investigators, former patients, or former employees that have Tanya convinced that the hospital on Old College Hill is a paranormal hotspot. One of the areas that makes her the most uncomfortable, not surprisingly, is the subterranean level of the hospital, which was home to the morgue, a former pediatrics clinic, and radiation and x-ray rooms. Basement is my favorite floor, but it's also a very heavy and, and a sad feeling for me down there, and I think for multiple reasons. Basements are just creepy in general, so I know that, but um, this one is just a different feel. And the basement is the most historic and had the most going on of any floor of the hospital because when the hospital first opened up, that was actually the main entrance into the hospital. But it had everything from ICU to ER to trauma, amputation rooms. Um, the morgue was in the main back of the hospital. Then you had the incinerator room, you know, a little bit of everything. The x-ray rooms were there. And then when the hospital closed in 88, they turned that floor into the pediatric floor. I'll never forget the first time I walked down there after years of not being in that building and they still had pictures of children lined up down the hallways of, you know, because here, I don't know if it's common there, but pediatricians always ask for school pictures of their kids that they treat and then they'll put them on the walls. So that basement was lined with children's pictures. It's, it's just a different type of feeling than the rest of the hospital, but it's just a, a darker, heavier sadness. You know, for so many years, it was the trauma and you can imagine how many people passed away on that floor. Disembodied voices are common throughout the entire hospital, but the basement level, which is the largest level of the building, seems to have the most energy present. That's the floor where Tanya said she and a colleague had a shared paranormal experience that seemed to be a mix of residual and intelligent energy. 
there's the two x-ray rooms at the end of the basement hallway are the two rooms in the hospital that never changed over the course of the hospital's time. And last October, and, and I'll try to describe it the best way I can. If you've ever been in an old x-ray room, it's the old Tommy one where it has the built-in wall and you would have to go behind the wall if you remember those. But when they turned it into a clinic, they put carpet down. They never changed it. It was still an x-ray room, but they put carpet down. The door to those rooms are very heavy doors. They're not swinging doors. You literally have to be behind it to push it. And last October, for this particular event, we were doing what I call an escape floor. And in this particular room, we had a gurney set up with a corpse on it. And, and she was so realistic that people truly thought it was an actress playing her, but it wasn't, it was fake. We left her in there 24-7. She never left. Um, and one day, it was kind of close to Halloween. Charlie and I was down there. We had put some props up and we were kind of just closing up for the evening. We both turned around, I kid you not, at the same time. And that door, as long as I've been there, and as many times as I've been in that basement, that door has always, always been open. For no reason at all, just start slowly shutting. Me and Charlie just kind of look at each other and we first think it's one of our volunteers just messing with us. So he takes his flashlight and shines it behind the door. There's nobody there. So he just takes his arm or hand and pushes the door open or back open again, just kind of slow. And again, this door's heavy. It's even got a door stop and it's on carpet. So it's not swinging. You literally have to use force to shut this door. It is a huge, heavy door because it was an x-ray ring door. They had to keep radiation out. We stood there, we looked at each other like, did we? Did that just happen? Did that just happen? And then we knocked more and got ready to turn around and the door starts slowly shutting again. So I look at him and I say, let's leave it shut because here's what I think. I think, that body being in there it was an x-ray room so usually what happens when you do x-rays there's radiation they won't let you in rooms and they'll tell people to step out so i truly think the spirits in there were telling us you need to stay out because we're busy here we're working on someone and uh, you know you can't be in here while we do that and we just left it alone we didn't open it back up but the next day we come back the door was open even though the hospital on Old College Hill has not been an active hospital for more than a decade, it seems that the spirits of the staff who worked there are still attending to their daily duties on each floor. Tanya says she gets reports of voices, shadow figures, and strange sounds from tour guests and paranormal investigators regularly. Even the television show Destination Fear discovered some strange paranormal activity during their investigation. The best information that seems to prove that the building is haunted though, according to Tanya, comes from those that were either treated at the hospital or worked there. I've had a ton of people share things with us over years of what happened. One of the ones I think is pretty neat was actually shared with Charlie, uh, was a guy that was working there. At one point in time, um, an ambulance service was part of that hospital and he would constantly hear things at night and he thought it was just him. So he never said anything to his buddies. One night it was so bad, 
he brought it up to his buddies and said, do you all hear that? Please tell me it's not just me. And they all looked at him and said, we're so glad you said that because we hear it too. And what they were hearing, what they described it as, it sounded like the floor above them was a nurse pushing a cart. And you can't beat that because that was before we even owned the building. As tours and investigations continue at the hospital on Old College Hill, more evidence linking to the building and the town's past will hopefully present itself. But as of now, determining exactly how many hauntings are within the building, or whose spirits are still there, is not an easy question for Tanya or the staff at the hospital to answer. A number of tragedies over the years, as well as a shifting population combined with spotty record-keeping, make finding specific identities a challenge. I honestly couldn't give you a number just because the number of people, um, you know, you not only did it serve West Virginia, but we border Kentucky and then we're just an hour away from Virginia. So this hospital saw all those people come through the doors um, because it was the largest hospital at that time that helped. But then you got to take into consideration, we have the coal miners that moved into town that were looking for work. And then you had railroaders passing through. One of the stories that's kind of fascinating um, was a train that had derailed right outside of Williamson. It was this huge train that was going way too fast, almost fell over a cliff on the mountains and um, the conductor actually passed away. He didn't pass away at our hospital, but he passed away there at the train site. But 29 of the passengers were brought to that hospital and they were not from there. So, you know, to give a number of how many people, you know, if they were on trains and they weren't even from there, you know, without the documentation or the books or anything like that, I would go safely say thousands, but I couldn't give you like an exact number. So it's hard to say who's there. Thank you to Tanya Webb at the hospital on Old College Hill for sharing her expertise and experiences in this episode of Phantom History. Remember, you can hear the full interview with Tanya on the Phantom History YouTube channel. To learn more about this historic site, follow them on social media or visit them online at collegehillhospital.com. Music for this episode of Phantom History is by Chad Crouch, Lobo Loco, Purple Planet Music, and Silverman Sound. Did you know that Phantom History is more than just a podcast? Visit phantomhistoryhouse.com to learn more about the new paranormal-themed bed and breakfast in Tampa Bay, Florida, and book a stay in a unique environment unlike any other. Come share your ghost stories or join us for one of our many special events, ranging from costume parties, psychic readings, seances, and ghost stories. Keep up with Phantom History by joining our newsletter or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And, as always... Thanks for listening.